after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones. We talk about the not-so-good ones. And we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Yeah. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has, and I think that's your favorite commercial right now. It does. It does reliably make me laugh. <laughs> that's the Geico ad. What is it? A, a uh, triangle solo? Now that's surprising. Right. Yeah, that guy gets to you. Hey, guess what we're gonna do today? Wait, you, you, a, you don't have to I, guess. I don't have to you guess. You put the show together. I put it all together. <laughs> um, but since the listener can't weigh in, I will answer your question, which is finally check in with the Ad Council. It's been way too long. It's been three shows since we did a for real Ad Council segment. So this one is all Ad Council all the time. So you just dug through the, the emails that were piling up, the V-mails. Yeah. The Facebook posts, and we'll go over what uh, everybody's been buzzing about and maybe get some reaction to uh, the topics we've covered over the past several weeks. Um, And I mentioned voicemails. Do we have any more singing pretties on our voicemail line? Well, you'll have to stay tuned to find out. But short answer, yes. (laughs) Okay. And also, I promise never to call them singing pretties again. That's my (laughs) promise to you and the Ad Council. All right, let's get into it. Everybody's talking at me. I don't want to say singing pretties, by the way. I just couldn't think of it. I, I, I started that sentence and I didn't know how it ended. Well, one thing that's become more and more clear to me in recent weeks is that you and I are both rapidly developing some sort of form of <laughs> I know, aphasia. I knew you were going to say that. The other day I tried to say I'm having an aphasia and I said I'm having a dysphasia. <laughs> the, what's happening Even my our- aphasias have aphasias. <laughs> That sounds like a a Dos Equis commercial. Yeah, right. The most inarticulate man in the world. Can I claim that as sure. me? <laughs> Just lean into it. Lean into it. All right, like I said, you put the show together. I had a couple of things I wanted to toss in, but why don't you get us rolling here? Sure. This first one is from listener Christopher. Um, and he writes, forgive me if you've already covered this one, but this sucker has always baffled me. Um, you two often cover NFL commercials. I watch a lot of college football, and this one always comes up. Are they really trying to tell us? Sorry, are they really trying to sell us the fact that if you graduate from college, you can easily have a job at a rent-a-car company? And he's right. That is basically the premise of this enterprise uh, commercial, which you're going to hear a bunch of people um, saying the name of their school that they went to and the sport that they participated in. They're either holding up like their jersey or some trophy or a photograph of them as a college athlete. Um, But then the sort of selling point, as Christopher says, is that enterprise hired them all. I see. You've already got me on this because it says song by Rusted Root. Oh, yeah. I'll recognize the song. New whip, 
Is it that one? Isn't that every Rusted Root song? <laughs> Do whip. Uh, I don't think it's that one. That's my imitation of Rusted Root. San Diego State football. USC. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay, yeah. Quincy University, volleyball. At Enterprise Rent-A-Car, we hire more new college graduates every year than any other company. And many of us played college sports, too. Like me. Like me. And me. Now we're all on the same team. Yours. Enterprise is proud to be an official corporate partner of the NCAA. <laughs> Teamwork. Let us show you what that means. Pick Enterprise. Um, we'll did, pick you up. Uh, I, I mean, that was kind of that was kind of charming. No, it was like a bunch of people, like we've seen all different sports, women, men. Yeah, it's very diverse. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I can understand why it might be a little baffling to think that. I mean, I think the most of the people that we inter- interact with who work for um, rent-a-car companies are the counter people, and nothing against the counter people except for that one guy that Oof. screwed us over in Atlanta. That one guy. Christmas. I do think that actually rental car people. I mean, as far as customer service is concerned, and you know, with all due respect to anybody listening who is in that field, you're probably really good at it. But I will say that. Um, the people who are operating the desks or the garages in rental car companies, that is the that is a customer service I'm always bracing myself yeah. for the most because they're always and it probably has something to do with the fact that people are shitty to them and then they become shitty to us and that's a it's a yeah, no, ever going circle. But they're they have a bad reputation. It's not a desirable job, particularly when it's, you know, one in the morning um at an airport where people are cranky and tired and every no one's at their best, so it does create kind of a uh, vicious circle. Um, so in this case, are they, are they kind of selling? But my point was that people, the people that we often interact with at, or at an enterprise rent a car are the people at the counter. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the people at the counter are typically college graduates. Maybe some of them are, but I suspect that a lot of the people in this commercial are people who are, you know, more in the back oh. office, more in the corporate structure. They're all they're they're all wearing, um, yeah, like kind of suits and stuff. They're all dressed in a manner that would make you think that they're not the front desk. Yeah, they're not wearing like the right green polo that. or something. Yeah, I see. Yeah, because yeah, that makes sense. Because at first, I, now I'm I'm whiplashing all over. At first, I was thinking. Well, yeah, are they trying to sell us rental cars? Are they trying to sell us the people who work there? But then I was starting to think. Well, yeah, that that is part of the experience. But now, yeah, if these are just people who work at a- Enterprise HQ in I don't know Albuquerque. Where's I don't know where where it's uh, based. Probably somewhere um, like that. Yeah, that is kind of an interest. That is kind of a strange sell, I guess, to a degree. I, I think it's interesting because from where I sit in at a in a university in a communications shop for a university. We think a lot about workforce preparedness, and we—that's a message that we put out to a lot of different audiences, particularly like legislators, but also, you know, at a Rotary Club or something. You want local people in your state who support your university to know that, um, you know, you're preparing people to get the jobs that employers in your state have. So there, that is a message that makes sense to a certain audience. I do think it it lands a little bit weirdly. In the middle of a, you know, an NCAA basketball game or college yeah. or, or football game, I guess he was saying. Yeah, I listen, I, I don't know why I'm trying to defend the commercial. It, did, it doesn't turn me off. I, they're based in St. Louis, by the way, Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Um, 
it doesn't turn me off. I also don't watch a lot of college football, so I think I'm having trouble putting myself in that mindset. And maybe one of those things where you keep seeing it over and over and over, it's grading, and then you start saying, well, what is the connection here? But I guess the college football that I do watch, the occasional Husky or Cougars game, um, you see a lot of ads for the universities in there, um, and there's that connection. I assume that a lot of the people who are maybe watching college athletic games are, you know, maybe former college athletes. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't offend me, but I can't draw, like, a really great line to why that's relevant, I suppose. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what their strategy was as, as a company in making that pitch. Yeah, it almost seems more PR than than uh, than use our service advertising. All right. So the next uh, piece of feedback we got was actually from our Facebook group. And it started with a post by listener Jack Kay. And she posted a picture. And I don't know if... Oh, I think it's just pronounced Jack Oh, Jack I think I'm I met sorry. Yeah. I apologize. I think. I could be wrong. Maybe I need to apologize no, later. I, Pretty sure this is Jackie. Jackie, though. I'm sorry. Uh, and I think we might have even talked about that before. Um, Jackie posted a picture. And I don't know if it's one that, that she took or that she just saw somewhere. But it's a like a print ad in an airport or someplace, some public place that shows um, a Timberland boots, you know, the, the, the iconic tan Timberland boots. Got the timbers on my toes. This and is it, how it goes. And it says, um, you'll never be able to retire anyway. Um, so why should your boots? So why should, you, why should your boots? And this started a great thread um, where another listener, Marcy, posted a, a, like a quad tick, like four pictures put together that I think some, some other Facebook friend of hers had posted with the caption, Late capitalism sure is fun, and it's a bunch of like print ads like that, including the Timberland ad, um, an ad for a company called Fiverr, which is um, like a free a freelance marketplace, kind of like put yourself in this in their network, and you can get more freelance gigs. Um, there's one that says it's for I think Smuckers that says uh, like so and so never like uh, Jeanette. Jeanette yeah. Oh, sorry, Welch's Jeanette never has has never had a day off. Uh, one for E-Trade, which we've complained about before, saying the harder you work, the nicer the vacation your boss goes on. Right. And let me just say the Fiverr ad shows a picture of, uh, you know, a young woman in her 20s. And it says, you eat a coffee for lunch. You follow through on your follow through. Sleep deprivation is your drug of choice. You might be a doer. And I'm jumping m- in here because this was a pretty popular tweet that went around. Somebody who combined oh, see, I'm all off of Twitter. These. So, oh, that's right. Know. Right. Yeah. 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 That, it was going around the person who combined all these and said late capitalism sure is fun obviously the under underlying issue here being that like nobody gets to retire anymore right. and if you're not working 24 7 and you're in your 20s or 30s you're probably going to starve and it's crazy to me that i guess it's not crazy i guess it just makes sense because marketers go to where their audiences are that now companies are whether they're whether or not they're trying to sell you on the gig economy like Fiverr or they're just acknowledging that that is life like E-Trade or like Welch's um they're just leaning into this idea that like we it's just a it's just an accepted notion now and, and it drew me it took me to an article um in the New Yorker that actually published in March uh with the headline the gig economy celebrates working yourself to death and it take it specifically takes to task not only this Fiverr ad, the one you eat, you eat a coffee for lunch, but it talks about the story that appeared on the Lyft like employee blog. So, you know, they'd like tell like inspiring stories about various Lyft rides and Lyft experiences. Mm-hmm. And it talked about this woman who was nine months pregnant, 
due in a week, but I mean, a due date in a week could be like now. And she keeps driving and goes into labor in her car and then thinks it assumes or somehow thinks that maybe she has a little bit more time, starts driving to the hospital, but still leaves her driver thing on her like, you know, pickup thing on and then picks up somebody on the way to the hospital to give birth. And then it's like, hooray, she had a healthy baby. Yeah, like that should be something that's listed in OSHA as far as like we have a problem. OSHA has fuck all to do with it because they're not employees. Right. I actually had a really interesting. I took a lift yesterday home um, when you and I after you and I had dinner. Yeah, I rode my scooter home. I noticed you got in the front seat, by the way. Yeah, I've been doing that more with lift. That's your new thing. That's my new thing. Like me calling people bozo. (laughs) Right. I had a really interesting talk with the driver. He he was really well informed about, um, you know, sort of the economics of what he does for a living. It's his only gig. He's it's, he's not like filling in the gaps from some other main gig. Um, and he told me something interesting. That's a little off topic, but we're talking about Lyft and the gig economy. Um, he told me that he doesn't he he likes Lyft better than Uber for reasons that um, should be clear to anyone. He says Uber's improved some of its practices, but what they both do that he doesn't like is they really push their drivers to take on those pool rides where like you get in with a stranger, you treat it more like a bus. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, at first, and in some cases you don't even make as much money with the pool rides. So like, why would, you know, why would you I mean, want to do that? Ridiculously cheap. I remember another yeah. Lyft driver telling me that too, because often you might get in and it's only one person anyway. So people like, I think, you know, young broke people are, are trying to get, they're buying the pool ride, hoping to get the just rock bottom yeah. discount, and then nobody else ends up riding with them anyway. Exactly. So he said they, that um, Uber and Lyft nag and push and try to structure it to force them to take those pool rides. They don't let them filter them out. Hmm. And he said, he said, you know, the problem with it is it's not even as much the money. It's that I was in a car when two guys got in and they were they were together but they were using the pool and they explicitly told me they were planning to use this lift ride to pick up drunk women and hopefully like get them home and he said he was like i can't be a party. oh my god he said i cannot be a party to that and I, I don't oh, want to like just hoping that some yes. drunk women are going to get in the car yes. and they're going to be like hello isn't that horrifying that is rape yeah, and I mean, if if they're so drunk, yes. I mean, not you know, whatever. Women have agency, but if you're hoping that somebody's no, going to be so drunk that they're just going to kind of end up at your place or you are at their place, that's not. No, it's terrible. Good. And so this driver, I was, he said, yeah, not only is that unbelievably awful, but he said it made me realize it woke me up to the fact that if I the more I do this lift the carpool style of driving, the more likely I am to be in some sort of conflict or negotiation between people who don't know each other and i just it's not worth it to me like i don't want to be in that position he said and i said i bet it's bad enough with people who do know each other and he goes oh yeah yeah right i believe it Uh, i tipped him very well by the way he gave me a lot of great intel so anyway it's a it's a crazy world out there lyft and uber drivers take care of yourselves yeah i wonder if um I'm always chatting up the the lyft drivers as well and i remember trying to ask some folks about what it was like driving around, um, you know, leading right up to the election and right after the election. And there were some stories. I remember one fella saying um, that uh, some Trump supporters tried to for uh, was it Trump or another like kind of a Trumpian candidate supporters tried to get him to put like a banner on the side of their car. Like they had their own banner with magnets they wanted on the side of the car when oh, they drove God. home. He was like, get 
out of my face. Anyway, uh, what else we got? Well, this is sort of relevant. This is from listener Sarita. Uh, I mentioned E-Trade was one of the ones that uh, has been go- has been in that uh, meme that's been going around. Yeah. Um, late capitalism sure is fun. Oh, can I just say one more thing about that? Yeah. I mean, spit out that ice cube <clears throat> first, like a professional, <laughs> before I <laughs> make my point. The Timberland one doesn't bother me at all. I'm trying to think this through, and I might take this back. But um, I do feel like the E-Trade one, and certainly the Fiverr one, mm-hmm. to a degree the Welch's one, are kind of celebrating this idea uncritically. Right. Whereas the Timberland one seems a little bit more tongue in cheek to me. I think or, the person or like who, it acknowledges the negative of you, you're never going to get to retire. Yeah, it's a little bit like life's a bitch sort of. Well, I think Jackie's original post, and I'm sorry I don't have the, her exact language in front of me, was something to the effect of, "Boy, look at this! Some, this is really something, isn't it? What a weird like." It wasn't saying like, "How dare Timberland advocate for this," but it was kind of like, "This seems like a strange." placed for a marketer to be and i do totally agree with that i think it's kind of like wow i guess you just really want me to associate your either either you're so confident that this is my reality and i have just no alternative but to live with it or you're sort of inviting me to live in this dystopia and to associate it with your product which Mm -hmm. i do find a little bit weird i mean maybe it's just an old-fashioned maybe i'm just old-fashioned but i like to in my day, they associated products with happy things. Right. And I guess the a direct parallel here could be the Timex ads. Gosh, I hope it's Timex and not Yeah, Rolex. Timex takes a licking. Yeah, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Now, there's one that says this is going to keep going forever long after you need mm-hmm. it. It's going to keep going and going and going, but it doesn't have some sort of negative association. Yeah, I mean, it's the Energizer While you're bunny. still toiling away. Yeah. 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 I mean, good luck using your Timberland boots because you're still going to be in the salt mines. Yeah. Uh, when you're 70. The next one is, your company will bury you in them. Your company will bury you in them. <laughs> That'll be the next one. Uh, just, and you'll just see like to- uh, 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 the, bo- the boots from the bottom with toes up. I can totally see oh that. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway. Dark. I, 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 I cut you off, though. Did you say this was from... you? you had, uh, now you're spitting out your ice cubes. Yeah, sorry. Because that was we are classy. professionals. But somebody had something related, you said. Yes, this is from listener Sarita, who wrote in. Um, and I had complained about the E-Trade commercials that are in this vein of celebrating sort of, or sort of leaning into the idea that um, you're just a wage slave until you die. Unless, of course, you know... You invest in the stock market. Can I say that this is the one where the one that we played specifically, although there's a whole campaign around it, um, there's like a real doofusy looking guy on a yacht dancing with women, kind of making an ass of himself, but also just having the time of his life and extremely rich extremely rich and then we don't realize it's his yacht until the very end i think the chiron or something says the dumbest guy in your high school now has his own yacht mm-hmm. don't get mad get e-trade or right, something like basically. that okay, and, yeah. and there and the other one in that campaign that we looked at was um uh, a regular joe shows up at his office to work in his cubicle and he sees his boss just living this incredibly like obscenely wealthy life and it inspires him to on company time, I will note, <laughs> get an E-Trade account. Uh, and I took exception to those. I felt that they were just really gross and offensive and 
a legitimate strategy. I mean, I can understand the logic of it, like, you know, get yours, but it just was gross to me mm. personally. Uh, listener Sarita writes, I felt those E-Trade commercials were actually designed as kind of the opposite of lottery commercials. Lottery commercials celebrate how you can win so much money that you can fulfill any ridiculous fantasy you have, last man on earth style. (laughs) These E-Trade commercials mock wealthy people, i.e. the dumbest guy in your high school, with the implication that you could do smarter things with your money than whatever moron is really bothering you with with their obscene wealth. Um, I agree with your overall sentiment, but I do think this is meant to appeal to the jealousy of, say, people like me who graduated in 2007 and were welcomed in the job market by the recession. I didn't invest. I didn't know anyone who did. The bitterness is an ugly but honestly effective nerve to tap into. I'm really glad she sent that in. I graduated in 2000. I just missed the recession. Um, I've been very fortunate in that I have taken, I'm probably the last generation that did essentially what my parents did. I've moved jobs a lot, but I like always had a 401k. I've always had a salaried job with health insurance and benefits. I have, I am, I am an old economy person. We did, we did graduate college during a lesser recession. It wasn't the great recession, but I remember Barely. in 2000, things were starting to dry. I remember getting, cause I graduated around the same time, I think, um, summer of 2000. Thousand, I think, is when I graduated, and I had a lot of resumes out there. And then the economy did start to tank a bit, and a lot. It, well, that was the first tech bubble. Yeah, we did. We did get hit by the tech bubble, but since I wasn't in the tech field, um, I ne- we now real we, we now look back and realize that the tech bubble was a tiny hiccup by comparison. By comparison, certainly, yeah, the, the definitely, recession. definitely different. I just have this very vivid memory of just reading the papers and just being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm looking for a job now." But whatever. Six months later, I found a job in yeah. New Hampshire. So. Yeah. So anyway, you actually got two job offers. You turned one down. No. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry, interlocking. Um, Yeah. Maybe that's why these commercials didn't bother me as much. You had a real negative reaction to them and I didn't. And I am I understanding this correctly. Sarita is saying the point of these ads is not that you can be the jackass on the boat. It's just that all these jackasses have money. You're not going to be that person. But you should at least have the ability to get that money so that you can invest it and be responsible. So just like fuel off of the hatred of these people. You're not saying get mine so I can be jackass on a yacht. Uh huh. No, I think she's right. And I I, I think that's a uh, whether or not that's that's exactly what the makers intended i think that's a totally fair interpretation yeah and maybe that's why it didn't bother me as much too and i'm not i'm not sure i'm not sure exactly how i felt about this i just i remember the first time we talked about him i just hadn't really thought about him much and i was surprised at how negative you and i think some uh things you were reading online and i think so yeah there was an article in fast company i think that really took exception to it um yeah so you know they're i think they're divisive can i do one yeah. Um, this was something now that I actually... Say something. Now I say something. This is something I saw on actually TBTL's Facebook page, but I thought it was relevant now, what to is our the TBTL? It is a podcast that is too beautiful to live. It is hosted <laughs> by myself and Luke Burbank, and I think everybody should check it out. I love the idea that people might be listening to this podcast and not actually... The, <laughs> that there's anybody I can poach from ATM to bring over to TBTL. I kind of don't think it works that way. Anyway, um, in the same in the same manner, half of the things we talk about on this show, I end up blabbing about on TBTL as well. And uh, the Chicken Tenders commercial came up for McDonald's. This is the one, I believe we talked about it last week with Kat Solon. Um, it has a really cute grandma, and we love, everybody I talk to loves the actress who plays the grandma in these commercials. Oh, yeah, she is She's great. It. And the premise is, um, now that McDonald's has Chicken Tenders. She deserves an ATME. 
<laughs> yes, she does. I forgot about those. Um, the idea is now that grandma approves of chicken tenders that are just as good as hers, she can just buy them from McDonald's and feed them to a family that you never see, by the way. That's a clever thing. Mm-hmm. You never see a family sitting down. It's just the supposed grandchildren somewhere. They can stuff their face on those, and she can do things like put together puzzles of hunks, do stand-up at the retirement center, go... Lounge uh, in a pool. Lounge in a pool, help her friend find somebody on uh, Tinder, etc. And I love those commercials, but I was saying that... It just seems unlike it just seems like a weird product to say like grandma used to make because chicken tenders is just it's something of fast food. And if not fast food, certainly your Applebee's, your chain restaurant. I had a grandma who cooked a lot and she never made chicken tenders. Yeah. And I've, you know, certainly people deep frying, uh, just making fried chicken at home on the bone. That's kind of traditional. But chicken tenders. And then I even tried to make the argument, well, maybe maybe they're being sarcastic. Anyway, uh, a couple of mentions of this. Caroline on Facebook says, for the record, my mom made chicken tenders homemade in the 1970s. Ginny also on Facebook said... Let's get that recipe. Yeah, no kidding. I have to disagree. It it wasn't typical at our grandma's, but I know my kid's grandma, that's my mom, will make them for my kids. With the ease of just purchasing chicken tenderloins at Costco and any other store, I think it is or will become more common to make tenders at home when you have little kids or don't like bones in the chicken like me. I read this on TBTL today, and at first, I actually, I feel bad because I think I... I was reading it and I was like, oh, are you talking about just buying frozen chicken tenders? No, no, she means the... No, she's talking about buying the tenderloin. Yeah, yeah. So she's saying that actually, uh, you know, her mom is doing that for her her kids. Now I want to go... Now I want to make them. I mean, we're trying to eat a little healthier, so breading and frying up chicken is not not how you do that. I know this is obvious, but that is the one thing... We've been talking about this ad off air on this podcast, on the other podcast, and I have not craved chicken tenders this much yeah. in a long time. I mean, I'll get them occasionally at a restaurant, but man, I just find myself, I was on my scooter yesterday just thinking about chicken tenders and almost stopping to get some. So <laughs> it's almost like it doesn't matter how good a commercial is, as long as it gets people talking about it, then it'll put it on, I think especially in, with food. Wendy's is in the middle of a chicken tenders campaign too, so I think that's why I ordered them at dinner last oh, night. Oh, that's right. Chicken tenders has the sauce sauce. You don't like that, right? Yeah, although I realized, I thought they were just saying sauce for no reason, but I realize now there is an apostrophe, so it's like... Mm-hmm. It's sawsome sauce. It's the You think sawsome. it's the end of it. Yes, I think so. Huh. But okay. I, could I thought it was wrong. just a portmanteau, sawsome. Sauce. Sauce and awesome. But yeah. then they also say sauce. Why do they say if it's just Now that's where I think they make yeah. a mistake. Anyway, what else we got? Um this is now now we're in uh I didn't I didn't preface the earlier segment by saying new stuff but all that was relatively new stuff. <laughs> okay. Stuff that we had someone brought to our attention. Now we're into old stuff which oh, is reactions I don't care about old stuff. <laughs> reactions to, from people uh to old shows. In some cases some very old shows. Um start with uh, one from listener Glenn. Um, and he writes, and I just thought this was really interesting. Um, you commented briefly on the similarity between the Prego and the Campbell's Soup approaches. This is just from last week's show. That's not old. No, but uh, they're later. All right. it's old. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I did last week, or I don't know if it was, was I guess it was just last week. It was week. with Kat Solon, yeah. Right. Um, I, we, there was a, an ad for Prego called Love the Splatter. I love those ads. I've been watching more of them. Talked about those on TBTL, too. <laughs> 
What? Else? So is it is just whenever so I clear? Can, whenever I can't have anything now, to say. Com- am I now competing with another commercial podcast called TBTL? I've actually seen some people complaining online about that. It's, you know, when I really saw people complaining online about that, when I played this on TBTL. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll do it. Doctor, doctor, you you fall on one side or the other of that divide for sure. I played this and somebody said that's it. It's complete. TBTL is just ATM now, and I can't take it. <laughs> Well, anyway, I had said that the Prego commercial, which involves this loving, loud, clamorous family, just having a great time at dinner, and it just sort of incidentally shows the the Prego spaghetti sauce, you know, on their food and on the table and stuff. And it just kind of like embraces that idea that life and food and dinner is messy, but fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and said it, casual and casual. Um, and it reminded me of the Campbell's uh, made for real, real life campaign where they it's the aesthetic is quite different, but the it feels like the uh, sort of the ethos behind it is the same of like low key, very loving. Yeah, lo- loving, but real and, and just um, practical uh, and trying not to be ideal to overly idealized mm-hmm. or be fancy where you're not fancy. Um, and Glenn writes, it doesn't surprise me too much that I would compare them because Prego is a Campbell's soup brand. I wonder if they use the same agency. I bet you they did. And I did not know they, if they were related brands. I did a whole deep dive on this when I saw this. Um, I, you put it on the show sheet, so I started looking into it. I got to stop saying deep dive. I make fun of people for saying deep dive. I can't say it. So I found an uh, Adweek article from 2015 saying that, um, yes, Campbell Soup Company, has, they own Pace Picante Sauce. By the way, totally coincidentally, went on a whole paste thing on TBTL today because Luke's in New York City. Um, <laughs> the, but uh, Campbell's Soup has Pace, Prego, SpaghettiOs, and Ready Meals. And this article in 2015 said that uh, Campbell's Soup was looking for a creative agency to kind of consolidate all of the advertising across that. But notice they didn't mention Campbell's actual soup. So in other words, the, just to... All their, you know, consolidate those four things. Yeah, all and, their acquired brands. Yeah, and then and I don't know if those are all their acquired brands, but those four. And then in 2016, I found a follow up article in Ad Age, um, and it said that Campbell Soup had actually found a company to to run creative on those. It's Anomaly, by the way. A quick side, quick side um, bar there. Anomaly is now Adweek's Agency of the Year 2017. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. They're doing oh, yeah? Beats by Dre. I can't remember what else. Um, you can tell how great they're doing because everyone has Beats by Dre. <laughs> they have some big like kind of premiere things. Anyway, so they did hire Anomaly, but... Um, Glenn is is right that they are there's a connection there, but BBDO, which I believe is LA based, I could be wrong. Does the Campbell's real real life ones mm. and Anomaly does the Prego splatter? Oh, so ads. they're not the same. So they're not the same agency, but it is something that it does not surprise me that the company that the the the, the uh, what would you call it the the mothership for lack of a better word, um, is trying to really think about these cozy family vibes and looking for agencies who can deliver on that. Yeah, I'm sure there's a mission statement somewhere that involves a lot of those words. But good on them. Honestly, I'm 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 not making fun. Look, that's my business too. I was watching more of those splatter ads when I was doing this. It's Um, so funny that they're called splatter ads because splatter in any other context is like a gross 
murder. When movie. I mentioned to when I mentioned to Luke, he he he's like, oh god, what are they dextering it up? I'm like, they're actually great. And I am somebody who hates mess, right? Yeah. I, I know I said this last week, but I can't get over how much I love these ads, Genevieve. They're all so good. One of them, the one that kind of explains the. Um, I should have had it here, but we we should move on. But the one that kind of sets out the mission for the splatter ones has a voiceover. Um, and it takes a bunch of clips from old sitcoms, going back to I Love Lucy, her slurping up noodles and somebody coming with scissors and cutting the noodles off for her, to an episode of Elf, of them sitting around the kitchen, like, dishing up. They grab all these little clips and uh, then, you know, insert little just new things that they've shot of families enjoying spaghetti and noodles and stuff. And it's just the whole campaign, there's so many of them. They're all so on point and then well executed. I'm I'm, Campaign of the year, as far as I'm concerned, 2017. Well, great. Um, Our next piece of feedback is from listener Tracy. Uh, Now, do you remember the commercial that I complained about? I don't remember uh, what the show was uh, or, or why we, why we selected this one. It might've just been kind of a grab bag one. But there's a car called the Honda CHR um, that is doing like a Cinderella themed, did a Cinderella themed ad. And I you it, hate it so I hate much. it so much. It makes no sense. And again, even within the context of it's a fantasy, it's a fairy tale. It's essentially the, the Cinderella one that we talked about is this modernized version of the Cinderella story where a woman who somehow works at a fashion house yet has no dresses and has a super, super mean boss and co-workers who are mean to her for no reason. She gets in the car, her Honda CH4, her friends, again, for no reason, make her a dress out of like building materials from Home Depot. They're and, zipping around the city, picking up this, picking up yeah, that, picking and up kind of MacGyvering. They, they MacGyver her a dress, and then she goes to the fashion show that she wasn't invited to in the first place and is somehow walking in the fashion show. Yeah, it's like, wait, you weren't even supposed to be here as a guest. Why are you on That's the catwalk? That's not how this works. Yeah, that really got under your skin. It just And again, I understand it's like a fantasy, but the fantasy has to have some sort of connective tissue to make any sense. So this is clearly, and I've noticed, uh, this, thank you to listener Tracy for sending this new one in. I've noticed it too. It's clearly part of a campaign around fairy tales. Um, this one's uh, riffing on Rapunzel. Uh, and Tracy writes, remember the super confusing CHR commercial that was vaguely Cinderella themed? I guess it was the first in a series because now there is an equally confusing Rapunzel one that I saw playing during the season premiere oh, good. of my crazy, of crazy ex-girlfriend. You know, I saw this like in the, like, the corner of my eye when a football game was on and I never watched it all the way through. Should we, should we take a stab at it? Yeah, just, just hit play. Is it self-explanatory? No, I think I'll have to narrate it a little bit. I mean, these are beautifully shot, um, but there's a, a young woman. She's wearing like a furry vest for whatever reason. And she has a long blonde ponytail that like stretches down like way below her waist. And she looks like she's, she's on someplace fancy. She's at some sort of stuffy work party that she can't get out of. She's oh. a prisoner at. And she's on the phone with her cool friend in his Honda CRV and he's trying to get her to leave the party. Guys, I'm trapped. My boss wants me here. We're not leaving without you. Just go downstairs now. Rapunzel. So it was that woman who said Rapunzel, she was like a real um, kind of severe looking woman. like Her mean boss. Looking a little Edith. It was, no, what's her name from um, Cheers? Lilith. Lilith. Looking a little Lilithy there. Look for my CHR. So she sees the car that she's trying to get to down on a parking 
like a, a, a roof that's below the roof mm-hmm. where she is. So she takes it, her big braid that she's had the whole time. It's really not a braid. It's just like a clip in. Mm. She uses it as a, um, what do you call it? A, like a, a zip, like a zip line. Oh, like okay, a zip yeah. line. And she like throws it over a wire and like zip lines down very dangerously. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm accepting that. That's not the part that bothers me. Zip lines down to the car below and hops in. Nice. Very dangerous. That was fun. Wait till you see where we're going. Introducing. Well, you know, you know, strikes me in this is they want to play off the fairy tales, but it's also 2014. So they don't want the men actually rescuing her. They want to play off of the long hair and the men down below are the ones who are kind of coming to whisk her away from this party. But she's also totally doing it of her own kind of agency. I don't love this campaign. I will say I hate this one a lot less than the Cinderella one. This one makes sense within its own universe. Everyone's been stuck at a work function or a work obligation. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting out of it, you know, your friend, if if you want to go do fun stuff with your friend, like sneaking out would be fun. Like I, I, the, the update of the fairy tale into like a fun little um, vignette makes a little bit more sense to me here. And I, and like the, the sort of visual surprise of, Oh, her hair wasn't really her hair all along. Mm -hmm. It was, it's her zip line is I think a it's a decent joke. If that had been the one they released initially, if that had been the start of the campaign, I think I would actually have even been slightly more forgiving of the Cinderella one. Um I don't again, I don't love the campaign, but this one at least makes some amount of sense to a modern person. The Cinderella one just makes no sense. Um one more note from Tracy, she writes uh, I also saw in my Googling that there's one titled Lil Red. I think we can all guess what that one means. Oh, uh, Lil Red Riding Hood, yeah. I'm looking at, I'm just doing this on the fly, uh, but I'm seeing headlines that say Toyota ad campaign recruits fairy tales and YouTube stars for the CHR. So, oh, are they all YouTube stars? I'm wondering that, although as I look at this, this might be two different campaigns that are going on right now. The hip new ad campaign for the CHR takes the form of YouTube shorts and TV spots, which are themed around modern interpretations of classic stories. Rapunzel, The Tortoise and the Hare, Little Red Riding Hood, and many others. Um, Toyota has also recruited the talents of YouTube sensation Bad Lip Reading to make comedic interpretations of all of Toyota's new videos. I've seen so, I so many things that. where I haven't either. And I, I've seen so many things where people take like bad lip reading or other things that are um, like, I think that there's a halo, that halo top ice cream one was a similar one where it was like some YouTube guy um, known for doing like horror movies. Oh, yeah, right. Or no, I thought he was a, he was a YouTube guy. He wasn't a big name director. Oh, I thought he. Well, I, I can't remember. I don't even remember. I can't remember what I said yesterday. But anyway, I, bah, bah, bah. I, I think there's a. There is a little bit of over-reliance by ad companies or like, oh, if we just get the YouTube, the thing that's popular on YouTube, whether it's the person or the meme or whatever or or joke that like somehow that's just going to like magically work for yeah. their product. And I'm not sure it always does. I don't know, millennials. Yeah. An orange peanut? Yeah. An orange peanut? Mm-hmm. For me? That's right. Oh, wow. An orange peanut? Well, I accept you. That's from Bad Lip Reading. All right. Uh, we got one here from Don. Is that what's up next? No, uh, no. David. David. looks like. Sorry. Um, so f- a few weeks ago, more than a few maybe now, um, we talked about an ad for Samsung Knox, which was like a security system or, or 
feature for Samsung. It was like a, a sign uh, campaign, not a TV campaign. Right. It was done at like billboards and uh, I think in train stations and t- um, metro stations. It was Boston. Like that. That's right. Be- well, there was a yeah. number of different Oh, cities. was it? Um, and this one got taken down because um, it said if you go to, I think it was, uh, I forget what the... I forget what the two was it Mattapan. I, well, Mattapan was the was the poor area. Yes, and it was like if you go to I don't think it was Braintree. Anyway, if you go to one neighborhood and your bat and your briefcase and your phone goes to Mattapan, it'll be safe or we'll keep it safe. Uh, and it was taken down because uh, it was rightly pointed out, or at least I think it was rightly pointed out that the neighborhood that was safe was the white neighborhood and the neighborhood that was dangerous for your phone to go to or that your phone goes to without you is was poor and black. Yeah, and these were posted specifically in the public transportation T-system subway stops, so, like, the city was signing off on them. Right. So the city pulled them. Um, and people, you know, and, and I agree with those who said, and I agreed on the show, with those who said that it was an obtuse if not overtly racist thing to play on uh listener david disagreed a little bit hey guys i just wanted to write in about your analysis of the samsung Knox ad situation in boston while i agree that the implications of the ad were problematic and i'm glad that samsung quickly removed the ad i disagree with genevieve's argument that the ad was racially motivated even unintentionally due to privilege as was pointed out by the original facebook poster the ad only comes across as problematic if you are aware of the geography of boston This particular ad campaign is running in cities and airports across the country with the two locations changed in each instance, right? So you have like... So local people understand. So local people understand. Um, I think it's far more likely that whoever developed the campaign simply looked at maps of various city transit systems and picked uh, two stations on major routes that were at opposite ends. And it is true that more or less those two stations are on opposite ends. Technically, there are some stations that are past Mattapan, but... The way the T station T system works, you could you could reasonably look at a map and they would be very far apart. Um, I don't even think this is the case of how did no one catch this because as it moved up the chain, it would have had to hit someone with particular knowledge of Boston and the socioeconomic implications of that particular combination. I don't think being unaware of the geography of every major city is an example of privilege either. I think it was just an unfortunate mistake that was quickly and appropriately rectified. Anyway, just my two cents. I enjoy the show. Blah blah blah. Not blah blah, but thank you. He said nice things. <laughs> he said nice things. I meant I always I try to cut those out because because they're just for us. You don't want to read words of other people saying how great you are. <laughs> exactly. He said, "I think that Andrew is the better looking of the two of you, but Genevieve, <laughs> every now and then you also get a good joke in." Okay, that doesn't even make sense. Um, so it's an it's a fair debate to have. I still think that somebody somewhere who looked at and approved that ad knew enough about Boston geography to know that white commuters would be more nervous about having their lost phone in Mattapan than in, uh, you know, brain tree brain. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Like just a white suburb. Um, and so I don't agree whether or not it was like, did somebody did some, did, did they, was it, was it unintentional? I mean, there's, there's all the, these are all the ways in which systemic racism plays out it can be unintentional and still be racist but i think what he's saying is and i also have a rebuttal for david (laughs) buckle up david um but i think what he's saying is this was made not on the local level he's saying that 
This was a national campaign. A bunch of people at the national level just looked at a bunch of maps and said, X, Y, these places are far apart. X, Y, these no, places are far apart in saying. Chicago. So if those people have no idea what is a black neighborhood, what is a poor neighborhood, what is a rich neighborhood, what is a white neighborhood, whatever, um, it was literally just a geographic thing. That's why that was made in this particular example, Boston. Um, it, it looked bad, but that would not be an argument for institutional racism if that is the case. That's only true if if, if we look at the whole sample of all the ads That's that what were I would done, like to know, yeah. And if in some cities it happened to be a black neighborhood that was where the commuter ended up and the phone ended up in a rich neighborhood or a white neighborhood. If, as I suspect that that is not the case. And I just don't think it is because this kind of thing is thought through. They're trying to appeal to someone's sense of fear that your phone might end up somewhere dangerous like that. There's actually a selling point to some kind of person in that. So again, if I, if you showed me other examples and like they were sort of randomly distributed, I would accept your premise that it was just an unfortunate uh, and totally unintentional and and without even any sort of like unintentional bias. But I'm not willing to accept that absent more compelling evidence. Um, Yeah, that's the thing. I would be definitely be open to that, David. But I think that we need evidence that that is the case because I'm doing some searches here. We looked into this before. I didn't see any of that context. By the way, I misspoke a moment ago, though. I said that the city pulled the ads or the city told Samsung we're pulling these ads. But that's not true. According to I'm actually on the Metro's website. They're like news their news arm um, in Boston here. And it's a city councilor complained. The city councilor did complain. Yeah. But Samsung apologized and removed its station ads that sparked controversy. Um, And so we don't have to go. Oh, by the way, it was um, Alewife, not Braintree. Um, So, yeah, um, I, I would be totally open to that. Now, I still think it's problematic. And if David is right, then what that speaks to to me is. And this goes for advertising or making movies or TV shows or whatever. If you're just going to be throwing these local references around, get somebody who knows. Yeah. You got Learn to. what I mean, it means. Samsung can hire somebody in Boston as a consultant. Samsung has an employee sp- in Boston. Yeah. I mean, or, they can or figure. A, or more. They, they can kind of figure that out. Now, if you don't see it coming... You you know, are you going to say, hey, would this be weird if we did this? Like, if you don't realize that this could be racially tinged in any way, then, you know, but just having somebody on the ground saying, how does this look? And maybe having a few people on the ground who aren't all of the same background yeah. would be don't all live in really key there. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I'm open to that, David. But if anybody, if anybody can show us more indications that, oh, yeah, this exact same thing was in Chicago and it was white suburb and white suburb only on different ends mm-hmm. of. Chicago, then I'd be open to it, but uh, we need to we need to see that, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. What else? All right. This is from listener Don, and this goes way back in time. Um, Don told uh, wrote in to say he is he is catching up, um, but he knows it's going to be a while before he fully catches up. So he thought he would write in now. <laughs> oh, wait till you get to the hundred episodes, buddy. <laughs> I know, right? oh, I know it'll be a, it'll be a fun treat for Don three years from now when he hears oh, me read this email. Oh, you poor son of a gun. <laughs> Uh, He writes, during your episode on the Olympics, that's right, the Olympics, uh, you two mentioned how advertising for the Olympics tends to be too serious and not that funny. 
Um, he said, I remember this series of ads from Puma that centered around Usain Bolt's popularity and related it to Jamaicans. Um, and I have never seen these ads, but they are pretty great. He says, not only were they visibly low budget, which is very rare for an Olymp- any kind of Olympics-related ad, um, but intentionally hilarious from the sprawling sound um, that feels like something out of a cartoon uh, to the to the runners who unsuccessfully hand off the baton. So let me explain what you're going to mm-hmm. hear here. It's, it's a little bit hard to get unless you have the visuals. Obviously, we'll post these to Facebook. Usain Bolt uh, is a Jamaican athlete, of course, um, and he's running around Jamaica. And the, this campaign for Puma sneakers is called Stick, Stick, Stick. And it, the, the premise is he hands off his baton. He runs up to someone who's doing something totally unrelated to sports, like they're at a dance club or they're at a they're playing chess or whatever. He hands him the baton, the, the running baton. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Yeah, baton. Um, but is it called the running baton? I don't think so. Um, and as soon as he hands them the baton, they, you hear a boing sound and pumas appear, appear on their feet. Mm. And they have to then start running with the baton. And then Usain Bolt takes over whatever they were doing in their life, whether they're they're dancing or drinking or whatever. And they're just so delightful. Um, and I'm going to tell you that this is a compilation of them. We don't have to watch them all. Um, and then there's one weird one in here that doesn't seem to fit with it. Uh, but oh, go, ahead and, go ahead and play so So really quickly, I'm a, a little unclear. These aired in Jamaica. Is that what we're I think they here? must have aired in Jamaica. I don't know very much about them. Okay. They were just something that listener Don had seen. And I don't know where Don saw them. Okay, so I'm going to pause this one. They're at um, some sort of a, uh, you know, party or I guess, uh, you know, I don't know. Sort of like to... an outdoor dance party, yeah, dance, dance hall. Yeah, dance. That's the word I was looking for. Dance. Dance hall event. <laughs> here comes Usain Bolt running into the scene. Everything comes to a stop. He hands his baton to one a guy who's dancing with a bunch of attractive women. He, gets, he looks like he doesn't want it. He doesn't it. want it. He's, he, he's, he's having a great time. And now he's got the baton and he's like looking around and I guess he's thinking, but I guess. Bolt just looks at him like, sorry, dude. It's your turn. Duty calls. <laughs> so he takes off running and now Usain, who's dressed in his straight up like running uh, onesie. onesie, is just like now dancing at the party. That is really good. So I, w- let's not play any more just because they all basically Can I watch like, one more? All right. But you're going to have to skip over the next thing, which is weird. It involves a genie and it seems to not be part of this campaign. <laughs> okay. This is a real weird YouTube thing. Okay. Here's, an, here's another one. Oh, now they're in a, uh, they're both music related. This one, there's a bunch of guys actually in a recording studio recording this song. Here comes Usain running into the uh, studio. <laughs> the one guy's slippers turn into uh, tennis shoes. He does not hesitate, though. He grabs it right away or runs out the door, and I'm hoping that Usain Bolt here is going to start singing. He puts on the headphones. <laughs> he just starts doing a really great dance. The producer of the track starts saying, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> this is my guy. Those are really charming. Yeah, I love these. And it's so Jamaican and it feels like uh, just 
love like just lovely and charming oh fantastic that was from was that from don did listener you say? don, don and i don't know if that was actually it. for the olympics per se it doesn't i mean obviously there's no olympics in it it doesn't i don't know if it was even tied to a particular no olympics. it was did you oh. guys see it said um uh puma supports the olympic oh i'm having a little trouble i'm mine's very my screen my video is very jerky so i'm uh, sort of missing some of the visuals here uh yeah but it did say at the very end it showed the puma logo and it said uh something along the lines of puma supports the jamaican running team or something like gotcha. that gotcha okay well anyway the, i was so delighted to see those i don't know if they ever aired in america it's hard to picture them on american tv but man do i like them fantastic thanks um, for letting me watch another one one sad note for you andrew also from don okay he says, I'm finding really weird coincidences with your podcast. As we got up to episode 52, uh, I was listening to this with my 52. fiance in the car. Okay. Uh, this is on Monday, October 2nd. And we listened to Andrew reenact a Tom Petty impersonation. And he remarked that he sounded like a dying person. I said he sounded like a dying person? That Tom Petty sounded like I a think dying like that, person? Oh, that like, my imitation yeah, sounded like... Because I think it was sort of like uh, Dylan-esque. Oh, no. You're not blaming me. And uh, when we heard this, we both looked at each other. So... I guess because he, he heard it after Tom Petty had yeah, already passed away. So I guess away. you killed Tom, Tom Petty. Tom Petty, one of my favorite musicians ever growing up. Really, really sad. I don't think that I'm responsible for his death. Well, we'll never know. Uh, no, I mean, I think we know. <laughs> I think we know. Are we to the jingle part yet? We are to the jingle ah, part. So who's sending jingles? By the way, for people who don't know, maybe this is your, maybe you're a Don. And you're not catching up and you're just jumping into this podcast for the but first time. But then you would time. be an anti-Don. Maybe you're an anti-Don. A non-Don. Why, why you got to be a non-Don? <laughs> be more like Don. Be more like Don. We need the numbers. We have a voicemail number, 607-444-5597. 607-444-5597. We encourage you to call in with any feedback you have on anything. But we also said, listen, if you sing on our answer machine, there's a pretty damn good chance we are going to play that on the show. And so people have been calling in singing old jingles from their youth yeah. um uh, psas from their youth all it doesn't have to be from your youth but just uh any kind Whatever's of uh, commercials you want to sing grapes. for us we're probably going to play it yes this first one is from listener chris i'll just let you play this hey andrew and genevieve this is chris from uh brooklyn new york uh however i'm in denver colorado right now uh where it's snowing and i'm reminded of uh warmer things and you're talking about regional commercials last week uh, a few weeks ago, actually, I'm a little behind, and um, Don't I be was reminded of something from New England, uh, from my childhood, that uh, I always think of when it's cold. When the sun is blazing and the summer gets hot, water country's a very cool spot. There's no better place to feel or be young. Water country, water country, water country. Have some fun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's great. That was so good. And do that you remember, does that ring a bell? It does ring a bell, but yes. I don't, I didn't have water country. I wonder if they used we that We had it in New tune. England. Uh, so, so I included the original so you can hear how close uh, he was. Okay. Well, first of all, I got to give him one of these. <laughs> that was wonderful. Uh, so here's the original here. When the sun is blazing and the summer gets hot, water country's a very cool spot. Yeah, that's why I know this. Plunge into Dr. Von Dark's tunnel of terror. No, no. You see Dr. Von Dark? Look at this guy. This is like this is a modern, you know, a current one for like their Halloween. 
Look at Dr. Von Dark. Although they Dr. Von Dark's during... Tunnel of Terror. Yeah. Tunnel of Terror coming soon. Oh, from now get a season pass just $59.99 and get a Bring a Friend Day free. Hurry before the price goes up. <laughs> Hurry before we jack up the price. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. And we have another one here. Uh, yeah, this next one is from Levi. And um, go ahead and hit play. I don't know, Levi. Some stiff competition today. Hey guys, this is Levi. Sorry, I'm a little behind on my listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta have a conversation yeah, about this, guys. Guys, no, I'm I'm just kidding. You can you, listen, you can listen it. No, I no, I was gonna say no one needs to apologize. For oh, this thing, oh right? at first I was gonna make it sound like I was gonna yell at him. Sorry, I'm a little behind on my listening. <clears throat> Pizza. Pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. Alright, I'll go do that jingle show. That scared me. Are, <laughs> was that Dr. Von Dark? Because that terrified me. I did not remember this, although I remember this product. Do you want to play the original? Should I give him a yay or should I give no, him a give brain? Him, wait till you hear the original. Give him okay, a yay. Alright, alright, let's play the original. Pizza! Wow. Levi, you got it. Pizza bagel bites. Bite-sized pizzas on wholesome little bagels. I think I actually remember this now. Say pizza going down is so fine. You can eat pizza anytime. And any other time, try cheese bites, dino bites, and hot bites. A lot of bites. So many bites. All kinds of bites. Wow. All the bites. Um, okay, I'll give you one of these. <laughs> Those were both awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Please, guys, keep, uh, keep, yeah, keep bringing them. them. What's the number again, Veeves? 607-444-5597. All right. Uh, is, th- is that it? Is that what we got? That's the show. All right. That's the show. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Maybe somebody should call in and sing this and we can use it as our acro <laughs> music so we don't get sued by Das Racist. Does that work if somebody sings it? I don't know. I don't. I, I, my law and order degree doesn't it. cover that. I, I, I'm not really I need law and laws. order civil suits <laughs> to really understand my, my rights and obligations here. Law and order. Podcasting. <laughs> law and order. Media law. Licensing. <laughs> and trademarks. If you guys want to uh, join the fun, please go to Facebook. Look for After These Messages Show. And it's a group. Um, we just admitted some new people today. You're going to have to click a little button. And it's going to say, are you a real person? Answer these two very easy, very fun questions. <laughs> well, one of them is very easy. One of them is very fun. Okay. They're both math questions. They're new math. <laughs> So it's weird. You got to figure out why six and four actually equals 18. But uh, anyway, no, it's simple. Uh, a lot of people having a lot of fun there. Also, we have email, right? Vee? That's right. And I I know we've gotten um, so much fun stuff on, happening on the Facebook group. So much fun stuff on email. Um, I do read everything. I can't always get to all of it. But I thank you so much to everyone who sent something in, whether we talked about it on the show or not. Uh, we love hearing from you on every medium. And again, that phone number is 607 444 And as we speak, it looks like Dodgers took game one of the World Series. So congratulations, Dodgers fans. Mariners weren't in it this year. 
<laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you again so much. What a fun show. Thanks for putting it together, Reef. My pleasure. Talk to you guys next Tuesday. And you ain't Hoover. You suck like James Dyson. Google the devil, but I feel lucky. Extreme home makeover. Couldn't touch me. Backyards. Kittens.